Hello and welcome to the Zip Files, a weekly technology news catch-up show. As per usual, I'll quick-fire headbutt ten bits of tech news into your ear holes. Brace yourself for such revelations as Obama working for Netflix, Amazon facial recognition tech getting lambasted for working with police departments, and Mr. Mark Zuckerberg being roasted in European Parliament. That's right, after the pitiful performance put on by Congress... It was Europe's chance to quiz the CEO of data-hungry Facebook. Did they do any better? Stay tuned to find out. Between those informative nuggets, our long listen is on HQ Trivia, the live smartphone-based game show that is almost definitely run by humanoid lizards. Of course, I've got a friend on the show again this week to defuse the tension. His name is Gus Dodson. My name's Gus. I'm a student. Blonde hair, blue eyes, and I'm single. It was announced on Monday that former President Barack Obama and former First Lady Michelle Obama have signed a multi-year production deal with Netflix. That's right, the power couple will produce television shows and films for the streaming service. Whilst financial details are unknown, similar celebrity deals have been worth tens of millions of dollars. Indeed, Netflix aren't stingy and have pledged to spend $8 billion on original content this year. The Obama productions are unlikely to attack Trump's White House or his supporters. This would only serve to stoke the flames. Instead, the couple's company, Higher Ground Productions, see what they did there with the name, will produce, quote, scripted series, unscripted series, docu-series, documentaries and features, end quote, that focus on some of the issues that the president pursued during his eight years in office. Netflix's chief content officer, Ted Sarandos, is understandably chuffed and had these words. Quote, Barack Obama and Michelle Obama are among the world's most respected and highly recognized public figures and are uniquely positioned to discover and highlight stories of people who make a difference in their communities and strive to change the world for the better. We are incredibly proud they have chosen to make Netflix the home for their formidable storytelling abilities. End quote. Uber are giggling to themselves this week. After years of jaw-dropping losses that have seen it burn through over 10 billion US dollars, the company has turned a profit of 2.5 billion dollars during the first 3 months of 2018. Well, technically, Uber, who lost 708 million dollars in the same period last year, recorded the multi-billion dollar profit this time around after it accounted for the sale of its businesses in Southeast Asia to Grab and in Russia to Yandex. If you remove those one-off money moments, then the business is actually still reassuringly cash-draining at minus $312 million for the quarter. Mind you, that's still a stark improvement from their 700 mil plus loss in the first quarter of 2017. Indeed, the new CEO Dara Khosrowshahi has pushed an agenda of responsibility since his September takeover, a strategy that seems to be paying off or at least costing less. 
if you could spend a day in someone else's shoes, whose would they be and why? Oh, um, yeah, I don't know. I, it sounds a bit weird, but I quite like to be in my friends' heads just to see, you know, like they talk about me. <laughs> <laughs> no that way. Really weird. <laughs> You're sitting in your living room, chatting to your cat about what a turnip your mate is, when Alexa perks up, the smart speaker digital assistant decides you want to relay this private conversation with your cat to your turnip friend and sends them over a voice recording. Whilst most of this story is fabricated, for one, I'm allergic to cats and for two, I don't have any mates, the general sentiment is in line with reality. This week, a couple said that Amazon's Alexa randomly recorded a private conversation and sent it to a friend. The friend then called the unawares couple and warned them of the digital snitch's actions. These aren't just the mumblings of a bunch of tinfoil-adorned conspiracy theorists. In fact, Amazon investigated the accusation itself and found it to be true. The not-so-smart speaker thought it had heard certain voice commands within the couple's conversation and simply complied with the phantom request. Alexa is unavailable for comment, but our best investigative reporters at the Zip Files have overheard her saying she was just following orders. The US Justice Department is working with the Commodity Futures Trading Commission, CFTC, to investigate Bitcoin price manipulation. They are focused on the traditional frauds that we've seen in the stock market before that can influence prices, such as spoofing or flooding the market with fake orders. This investigation is really nothing to be scoffed at and means that now both US capital markets agencies, the CFTC and SEC, are carrying out criminal probes into the cryptocurrency world. To remind you, the SEC are investigating initial coin offerings. Now, I am no expert, but from my dabblings in the world of crypto and crypto trading, I can say with a high degree of confidence that both agencies will find countless cases of criminal misconduct. The Chinese telecom giant ZTE will be allowed to continue its US business if it pays a $1.3 billion fine and overhauls its management team. ZTE was on its deathbed early this month after the Department of Commerce banned its US partners from selling it essential components for seven years. So what saved ZTE? Well, the company has over 70,000 employees, grossed over $17 billion in revenue last year, and is very close with the Chinese government. As a consequence of all these things, President Xi Jinping put up a fight on their behalf, and amidst trade talks, Trump has conceded. That ZTE will be allowed to continue is hugely controversial. They disregarded trade bans to both Iran and North Korea, and then, when caught, tried to cover their tracks before eventually admitting guilt. ZTE is very lucky to get a second chance at life. Welcome to this week's Long Listen.
This week we've been blessed by the writing craft of Mr. Ollie Swetnam, who has written our long listen. Um, it's on HQ Trivia, which is a fun little game, and also a terrifying portal into our dystopian future. All right, without further ado, let's get stuck into his piece. In the depths of revision for my finals, now thankfully behind me, each day was structured with alarming rigidity. Get up, go to the library, maybe cry a little, go to bed, and of course, whenever that notification popped up just before 3pm and 9pm, try and win some cash on HQ Trivia. If you know, you know. Deeply unfunny, yet strangely charismatic hosts, begging friends to use your code for an extra life, and inevitably crashing out after six questions because you didn't know how deep the River Trent is. If you are currently emerging from the rock under which you live and scratching your head at this, then wonder no more. Prepare to hop on the latest zeitgeist giving millennials an excuse to stare at their phones in this Idiot's Guide to HQ Trivia. HQ Trivia is a live game show streamed directly to your smartphone. Players must answer 12 multiple-choice questions of increasing difficulty with only 10 seconds to select the answer, effectively ruling out the possibility of using Google. The app launched in the United States in August 2017, with a UK version being released in January 2018. HQ Trivia is available worldwide and can be played anywhere with an internet connection, but the versions are geared towards their specific countries. So if you want to be answering more on Thomas the Tank Engine than Thomas Jefferson, stick to the UK version. Sharon Carpenter, or Shazza to her friends, is the primary host of HQ Trivia UK. Speaking to the BBC, she stated her belief that it is the live element of the app that has drawn, in its most popular game, 2 million players. Quote, First of all, you've got this live component where anything can happen, it's the same reason people love live TV. But this you can take wherever you are. You never know where the game is going to end up. And I think there is this element of the fear of missing out, end quote. Shazza is certainly onto something with that. The concept of having a portable game show that you play in real time alongside your friends, as well as hundreds of thousands of people bleating away in the chat, is a large factor in the app's appeal. If you miss the start of the quiz... You can only spectate, getting questions wrong in your head for a change instead of on the app. Of course, HQ Trivia's biggest draw begins with M and ends in Unny. It is a free-to-download app giving players a chance to win real cash, typically split with other players who have fluked their way to answering 12 questions correctly. The cash prize can vary between £550 on an average UK game to $300,000 on a special episode of the US version. What a terrible business model, I hear you cry. They give it away for free and shell out thousands every day with no traditional adverts. Surely they're harvesting people's organs slash data or something. Well, imagined listener, you've missed one crucial point. They've got loads of money to begin with. HQ Trivia is the brainchild of two of the founders of Vine, Russ Yusupov and Colin Kroll. The pair launched Intermedia Labs in 2016, a New York-based consumer video firm whose declared intention is to, quote, invent the future of television, end quote. 
Following Twitter's decision to shut down Vine in October of 2016, Yusupov unveiled a new mobile social live streaming app called Hype, in the style of Twitter-owned Periscope. As with Periscope, Hype allowed viewers to watch people live stream from across the globe, receiving notifications when broadcasters are live and allowing for immediate feedback in the form of viewers' comments. It's similar to the Facebook Live function, but instead of watching Douglas and the lads chop pints before sports night, you can watch Olga in Vladivostok greet the sunrise with a traditional jig. According to Yusupov, the team looked at which formats were drawing the most attention and found that game shows brought hype broadcasters the most viewers. This led to the development of HQ Trivia. After its soft launch in August 2017, HQ Trivia quickly drew massive engagement from players, as well as significant investment from firms and venture capitalists. In March 2018, it received $15 million in investment from Venture Capital Fund, Founders Fund, and is currently valued at $100 million. In November 2017, Yusupov spoke on their intentions for HQ Trivia's monetization strategy. Quote, If we do any brand integrations or sponsors, the focus will be on making it enhance the gameplay. For a user, the worst thing is feeling like, I'm being optimized, I'm the product now. We want to make a great game and make it grow and become something really special, end quote. Thus far, this has been the model that HQ Trivia has followed. There are no traditional adverts in the app, but there have been some big money collaborations with other companies. One special show featured Dwayne The Rock Johnson promoting the upcoming Warner Bros. film Ready Player One, where the prize was up to $300,000. Jeremy Liu, part of Lightspeed Venture Partners, a firm who have given HQ Trivia millions in financial backing, believes that the app's success is a sign of the times. For Lou, HQ Trivia heralds a new generation of digital game shows, appealing to a developing audience whose preference is for the streamable and portable. In his view, Twitch is the digital descendant of ESPN and post-cable financial news network Cheddar is destined to supplant CNBC. This viewpoint certainly fits in with Intermedia Labs' mission to invent the future of television. A future in which television ironically looks to be increasingly absent. As millennials spend more and more time looking at their phones than their TVs, Lou may prove correct in predicting this paradigm shift in entertainment. Content such as game shows that were originally exclusive to television now find huge audience engagement in the digital world and HQ Trivia with its simple but effective format could very well be a sign of things to come. inanimate object do you wish you could eliminate from existence um stairs <laughs> what yeah <laughs> how what you would kill well, so many people live on the fourth floor 
Okay. Yeah. Like all the flats in Edinburgh are quite high, so it's quite tiring. Hmm. So maybe replace them with lifts. Fair, but then like if there was a fire, you know how they say don't use a lift in a fire. Yeah. Then you're screwed. Well, yeah, I suppose that's true. It's the price you have to pay to not walk up the stairs. <laughs> but you could just have the double, like most places that have lifts, also have stairs, right? Okay, are you making your point? Japan's biggest bank, Mitsubishi UFJ Financial Group, or MUFKA for short, <laughs> MUFG, has developed a new blockchain of its own. This technology will boost the speed of payments and lower their cost. In partnership with Akami, a US tech company, they have built a blockchain that can handle 1 million transactions per second with just a two second latency. To put that in perspective, Visa can handle 24,000 transactions per second and Bitcoin, the cryptocurrency based on the world's first blockchain, can only process 7 transactions per second with latencies exceeding 10 minutes. I mean, come on, like honestly, I don't really understand how Bitcoin is really worth anything at this stage. The technology it's based upon is extremely antiquated and stands no chance of scaling in line with modern implementations. To be honest though, um, don't get me wrong, I think crypto and blockchain is really cool, but Bitcoin, well, that's a bit lame. If anyone can convince me otherwise, then I'll buy them a trophy with my $17 worth of Bitcoin. It's official. Being naughty is no longer bad for you. Or so it appears in Facebook's case. The month following the Cambridge Analytica data harvesting scandal was rife with hashtags calling for people to delete Facebook. Well, no significant number followed their own advice because new data shows that people have actually increased their Facebook usage since Christopher Wiley told us about Cambridge Analytica's CD dealings. It seems that either we just don't care about our privacy or are too addicted to the ping of Facebook's ecosystem. I'm going to say it's an unhealthy mix of both. So, if we can't help ourselves, then maybe the world's authorities can. This week Zuckerberg was meant to be roasted by European Parliament, but someone forgot to turn on the oven. Instead, the dodgy format allowed Zuckerberg to dodge any questions that even threatened a 2 out of 10 on the difficulty scale. However, it's important to note that just because us Europeans sucked even harder than Congress at questioning Mark, we are still much more likely to meaningfully regulate the company and big tech as a whole. Watch this space. Esports is becoming big business. Unlike sports, esports take place in the digital world. Last year, the industry was worth over $1.5 billion and is growing rapidly. The space has been dominated primarily by three games, League of Legends and Dota, which are both Battle Arena video games, and Counter-Strike, a first-person shooter. Gaming phenomenon Fortnite is trying to join those illustrious few and announced this week that it would create a $100 million prize pool to fund in-game competitions. That's a pretty smart investment that will further bolster the popularity of the game. It's also an affordable investment for Epic Games, who created Fortnite and make close to $300 million per month 
from the sandbox survival game. If you have some student loans to pay off, a mortgage that aches, or simply want to live in the Bahamas, then you've got some time to train. Fortnite's competitions kick off later this year. Oh, and by the way, if you thought Fortnite was a big deal now, well, know that they plan to move into China soon. They're really going to be massive. All right, so you're, you're a youth, you're 21 years old, but what do you wish you had done differently in your life up until now? Um, I think maybe not worry as much, I'd say, because, I don't know, school and university is... Like, it's fun. Well, school's pretty <laughs> and, actually. But university's really fun. And maybe I worried too much about, like, early on. Don't know. And that stops you from doing stuff. But I don't think I'd want to do it again, though. No, you, I suppose you... I think this, I'm entering the best time of my life now. That's what I think. If you live anywhere other than San Francisco, then you're probably unaware of a new revolution in transportation. No, not self-driving cars. No, not flying cars. And no, not even Hyperloop. But dockless electric scooters. Back in March, Spin, Bird and Lime all deployed their scooters in SF without permission. The community complained and still complains the electric scooters are littering their streets. But the two wheelers look like they're here to stay. This week, it was leaked that Lyft, Uber's main competitor in America, have been in talks with city officials in San Francisco to discuss deploying their own electric scooters. This is as the officials gear up to regulate the space and limit the city to 2,500 scooters during a 24-month pilot program. The electric scooters are looking to disrupt the so-called last mile section of our journeys, that pesky little bit between your office and the closest station, or the annoying uphill to the confectionery shop. Amazon has come under fire for its facial recognition technology this week. A mass surveillance future akin to George Orwell's 1984 might seem far-fetched, but technology excels at putting the far-fetched well within reach. Amazon released recognition spelled with a K in late 2016, and it has since been used by a handful of sheriff's officers across the United States. Now, in fairness, they are not using it to haphazardly track citizens through networks of spy cams, but rather to check photographs of unidentified suspects against a database of mugshots. It seems a little less dystopian, right? However, civil liberties activists fear that facial recognition technology will soon become much more widespread and that public spaces will be stripped of all privacy. Anonymity will be a thing of the past, and Amazon is aiding this future via its accessible and extremely affordable technology. The Sheriff's Office in Washington County, west of Portland, paid just $400 to upload 305,000 mugshots to Amazon's recognition, and now pay just $6 per month to use the service. And it's done. <laughs> it's over. You can open your eyes now, take it all in. Hopefully the tech world around you makes a bit more sense. You're all caught up. If you enjoyed the show, then please share the zip files with a friend. If you hated it, then please share it with an enemy. Also, sorry to be hashtag that guy, but if you're feeling bright and breezy, happy and friendly, 
then rating the zip files five stars on apple podcasts would help me out massively i love you all until next sunday enjoy your oat milk lattes and have a great week 